Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Once upon a time in this town, there was a kid that hopped a fence at a private school to take a couple of shots in the basketball courts outside and he thought he was in trouble. And somebody came up and said, you know what? You got a pretty nice jumper, young man. Where do you go to school? And the next thing you know, basketball became a passion and a pastime for a guy that went on to become a prolific scorer at Broderpool High School and then playing at IUPUI before a long NBA career that included the Indiana Pacers. He now is essentially a rancher in San Antonio and joins us on the show talking about former Pacer George Hill. George, always a pleasure. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Uh, we cannot complain. We are excited for the All-Star Weekend. You've got a big event coming up that we will talk about as well, but I just touched on it there. I know that you told me that you've got a four-month-old in your lap, which is pretty cool. Uh, for those that <laughs> yeah. haven't heard from you since you were last with the Pacers last year, give us an update on what right now life is like for George Hill. I mean, it's, life is good. Um, I'm blessed. I'm I'm healthy. Um, enjoying the time with my my kids and things like that and family, but um, still works out every day from nine basketball wise nine to eleven and weights from eleven thirty to one. So uh, still in the gym, getting getting better. Just uh, just in case someone calls and wants to add me to a roster and things like that, but. Other than that, is doing doing the things I love to do, which is hunting and fishing and uh, spending time with family and friends. So I can't complain at all. So you have not ruled out the possibility of returning to play. Does that mean? And I I know this sounds weird. Just NBA, or would you be willing to go like overseas if something opened up? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't. Overseas is a long way away from my family at the time, so I would just stick to the, the NBA side. George, if you don't mind me asking, you mentioned if a team happens to call, are your agents or you yourself actively looking for an opportunity, or is it just one of those things where you're staying healthy, staying fit, and if a team happens to need your services, then you'd answer the meeting? Uh, like my agent is dealing with that, um, so it's just like he told me, you know, stay ready. You just never know with injuries and things like that, and situation so um you know just me staying ready and trying to figure out what's my next opportunity to go be a part of a, a team that that needs me in uh any way possible how did things george in terms of the end of last year and not being brought back to indiana with the pacers you know i know obviously when you came back it was for a short period of time but what was your mindset in terms of your desire to stay here and the conversations that might have take place, taken place, if any, about that possibility. Uh, you said what are the possibilities of returning there? Well, I mean, I'm saying like, like when, yeah, when you were here, and then your contract uh, expired. You know, how how aggressive were you to talking to them about trying to stay here, or were you at all? I mean, what was that process? I mean, I was super aggressive. Um, you know, from what I was told before that. You know, they, they wanted me back there, and, um, you know, the, the young guys wanted me around. That uh, I did a great job of, you know, stepping in, being a mentor, things like that. So um, I had high hopes thinking I was uh, going to possibly have the opportunity to come back there this year. And, um, you know, that how that goes in the summer, you know, thing, things happen, and the opportunity wasn't there. So 
Um, it's okay. I, I understand it's a business. Um, would I have loved to come back for sure? Um, everyone knows how much Indiana means to me. And, you know, ending my career as a Pacer uh, would have been super awesome. So um, if the opportunity is still there, I'll, I'm sure I will embrace it with open arms. But, you know, it's, it's not there right now. What did you think of the roster and just the players around you? Know, there were a lot of young players, right? I mean, from Tyrese Halliburton to – Aaron Neesmith, you know, you you had, as you had mentioned, kind of that elder statesman role, but what was your overall assessment and how much do you follow what the Pacers are doing right now? Uh, I mean, I, I really loved what, what they were doing. Um, you know, I think Tyrese is coming all together. You know, Ben, uh, still one of my good friends to this day is T.J. McConnell. We still talk probably once a week. Um Adding a guy like Pascal now, Siakam, which, you know, I've known him since he was a little, not a little kid, but a, a young, young, young man at the time. Uh, his brother was actually my roommate in college. So i um, familiar with him and uh, James Johnson, all of them. So uh, it, it, it was, it was fun. It was fun being around all those guys. It, it was a true blessing. Um, I, I enjoyed my, my short stint there. Um, I wish, it was a little longer, uh, but like you said, it's figuring it all out and uh, trying to figure out what's best uh, for them and at the same time what's best for me. George Hill is our guest. I know you mentioned at the top of the conversation, George, how much Indianapolis means to you being a native here, but I've been to San Antonio. It's a great place, and that's obviously where you reside now. You were drafted there. At what point in your NBA career did you realize, hey, man, San Antonio is a great place to live, too. I'd like to plant roots here. Uh, my first year here, you know, was something totally different. Um, the The weather was, I think, the the biggest factor in the end of it is not putting up with snow and cold weather. So um, when, when I seen that, it was like, man, I love Indiana, but also love Texas and what gave it a one-up was not having to deal with the the cruel winters. <laughs> I'm with you there. And, and, George, in addition to that, look, we, we've told the story. You and I have told the story on the radio before in past shows. But for those that don't know, you know, when you lived in the cold winters of Indianapolis as a kid, you had a horse. That's one of my favorite stories is you and Ropey, yeah. like riding your horse to school. Um, for sure. Do you still have, like, a bunch of animals on where you live now in Texas? Yeah, um, I actually was blessed and fortunate enough to buy a ranch here, um, almost 900 acres where, you know, I really housed in a bunch of um, African exotic animals. We have over 45 or 50 horses so far with males and female horses. Um, But uh, we we have everything from ostrich to kangaroo to zebras to wildebeest. Um, red lechways and palas, uh, you know, elands, kudus, black buck, whitetail, fallow. I can keep going down the list, but so uh, you just let them, they just run free. Like, what's a pet kangaroo like? I, I mean, do they can you catch up with them? How do you feed them? What, what goes on there? Who has a better vertical? So, they, I still have the better vertical right now. Um, <laughs> they're a little, they're, they're young, but no, uh, I mean, I have, I have a company that comes out and you know, puts protein feed and corn and feeders uh, every two weeks um, that they're like, uh, you know, 3,000 pound feeders and things like that. So um, the protein is gravity fed and the corn is thrown out, you know, twice, 
twice in the morning, twice at night. Um, so the, all the animals will, you know, hear a certain sound on the feeder, and that means they know the food is coming out and things like that. So you never really have to get close to a lot of them. None of them really will allow you actually to get close enough to touch. Maybe a couple deer uh, will that was bottle fed when we first got them. Um, and other than that, like the babies uh, that we see, like my son will go up and pick up some of the baby deer and pet them and things like that. But other than that, nothing's really letting you get that close. Now, here's a dumb question: do they do they play with with others, or like do they have to be warded off? Like, are there some animals that would threaten others? How do you keep them? Like, does everybody have their own little neighborhood? What, what goes on there? Pretty much everything has its own like side, like. Uh, Every once in a while, you'll find animals fighting each other or, or trying to crossbreed, depending on what type of animals it is. <laughs> okay, but, yeah. Yeah, uh, those kangaroos, you got to watch them, right? They're out trying yeah, to crossbreed all might, the time, yeah. They, they, they might go with ostrich. You never know. Uh, it, gets, uh-huh. it, gets rough out, it gets rough out there at times. <laughs> you but know. No, um, it, it just, you know, it's, it's the nature of anything. You know, you, you get a lot of animals in one place, and some, some animals like not, might not like another animal, and they start fighting or whatever, and you – you kind of like wore them off and put them in different pastures and stuff like that. But normally that like they, they don't, they don't really fight each other because, you know, most of the time they're fighting either over food or something like that. But if they have enough food, enough water, enough space, they just go about their way. George Hill is our guest, the former IUPUI star and Indiana Pacer, of course, George growing up in Indianapolis and, you know, I, I know what Indianapolis meant to you. I know what Broderbill High School meant to you and just, you know, the school itself and trying to, to to revitalize that. When you think about just growing up in Indy, you know, I think for anybody, they say that they always want their kids to have, like, the better upbringing than they had. To, to, and I'm not saying you had a bad one by any stretch, but the the opportunities that are now afforded your children, and you now have three of them, do you ever just kind of sit back at night in the quiet and just think about the journey you've been on? I mean, all the time, um, you know, it's, it's been a heck of a career so far. If it was the end, it's been a heck of a life so far. Um, something that it was only counted as a dream became reality. Um, so to sit back and, you know, see my kids start to grow up and trying to provide them with opportunities that I, that I didn't have as a kid and, and, and things like that is, I think something that you you never really uh, want to take for granted, but I think sometimes we do because we're so caught up in the moment at times, and and you know our jobs go by so fast, and we're we're so you know focused on those on, on those things. But when you actually get to take time to sit back and enjoy the the fruit of your labor and and see your kids smile in certain situations, um, that's that's kind of what it's all about. George Hill is our guest. George, I, I apologize. I followed down a rabbit hole, and I'm now enamored fully by the ranch. So I have another ranch question for you. What, keep the keep the kangaroos out of the rabbit hole, Jimmy. I'll do my best. What, aside from the cost, the upkeep, what is the most difficult thing about being a rancher to those like myself that are fully ignorant to taking care of animals on such a large scale? Uh, I think that the 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 hardest the hardest thing is is freaking it's, it's always something with the ranch. You know, you either have a fence that's getting tore up by the wild boar hogs here, or yeah, you might find a dead animal here and there that you know either got sick or been fighting another animal. Um, 
you know, like certain certain situations where, you know, the, the feeder gets broke because animals are ramming it with their head as far as like your all dad and your ram and stuff like that. But, you know, scooping up all the poop and pee from the horses are the hardest things. Other than that, it's, it's pretty fun. George, do you have a particular animal? Be honest. I, I know that you're like ranching this, but is there one that's like your favorite pet? Is there actually one animal, even maybe one that you don't get to see like and get up close and personal with, but that deep down has the soft spot in your heart? Uh, I would say the African sable or some of my favorite animals. I think the majestic uh, of the, the animal, the way it looks with the suede black type skin and the, and the nice antlers and things like that, horns. I think is for me is one of my most majestic animals I feel in my mind. That's pretty cool. Now you don't just get these at Uncle Bill's on Lafayette Road, right? No, you can't. Like there's <laughs> there's certain breeders, there's certain places that you have to go. You know that are that are breeders for it. There's a couple auction sites that you can go online. Like wildlife buyers have a bunch of different sites. I mean, animals on their site that you can kind of. Uh, auction uh, bid on and, and win those bids for certain animals and things like that. What's the fastest animal on the ranch? The fastest? Ooh. It all depends. All of them are fast, but I would probably say uh, your whitetails are pretty fast. Now, white, as a hunter, white. as a hunter, you have to, now I realize you don't hunt on your ranch, but You've traveled the world hunting, right? And I want to get into what you have upcoming here on Saturday night at Newfields, but you've traveled the world for hunting, correct? Yeah. Where's the best place you've been? Or I don't even mean from a hunting standpoint, but what is the one place in the world you've traveled that that you thought to yourself, I can't believe I'm here? I mean, like as a hunter, your biggest thing is going to African safari hunt. And I was blessed to do that three years ago. Um to actually be in, in the wild with lions, leopards, and all the other stuff that you you see on National Geographic of Africa to finally, like, get there and you see a pack of lighting, lions eating a, a giraffe. Like, it was something that you always see on TV to be like, man, I'm actually right in the middle of this. And, you know, being in the middle of it at night where you're hearing the lions roar and the elephants, you know, making all their sounds, stumping around your tent, I think, that was probably the most interesting place I've ever been from my hunt standpoint that been like, man, this is, was a dream. And now I got to actually see it with my own eyes. Now, can you list for me, George Hill, in order, the NBA teams that you played for? This is a little quiz for you. Can you do it in order, the teams that you've played for? Of course. Okay, go ahead. Uh, San Antonio. Yep. Went to Indy. Yep. Indy to Utah. Yep. Utah to Sacramento for a couple months. Okay. Sacramento to Cleveland yep. for a year and a half. Went from Cleveland to Milwaukee. Was in Milwaukee for multiple years and ended up going to OKC for a little while. And then went to Philly for a little while. Then I went back to Milwaukee. Then getting shipped back to Indiana. Yes. Well done. That, that's impressive because we had on Shelvin Mack and he got tripped up a little bit on his own resume. Um how does it work when you get traded? I, I, you know, when a trade happens, do you know ahead of time or do they just literally call you in that day? How does it work? I mean, it's the sucky part of life. Um, it's basically like, let's just say if you're doing your job right now and if somebody come and tap you on your shoulder and say, hey, pack your shit up and go to Nashville, Tennessee, <laughs> you got to be there in a day and a half. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> Believe me, there have been people that have been wanting to say that to me like weekly for about 10 years, George. Um, so so, that, so that's how it actually feels. like, And I think, you know, from the outside world looking in, yes, they always say, oh, why is he mad? He got traded. He knows the business. It's not the point of knowing the business. It's the point of the unknown. And especially, like, you have you have kids. You build your roots. You build your foundation in those cities. You you meet people. You, you create, like, a bond with your teammates and things like that. And then one day you're just like, all shit hell breaks loose. And they tell you, pack your shit up and go to – to Minnesota or go to Memphis or go anywhere and and you're you're having to pack all your stuff up in two or three days and get up and get out of there. Now George, we got to um, say stuff more often for that, right? We got to say you got to pack your stuff up more often, right? Hey, um, oh, my fault. I, I didn't know I, I I didn't know this was Disney Channel. Or something. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Sorry. <laughs> we, you thought it was Animal my, Planet, right? I mean, let's yeah, be my, fair. My, my, my fault, my fault, guys. Right. I, I didn't. I, well, I didn't do you remember know. the time? Do you I remember guess. the time when we were doing a live interview with you and you dropped your phone down the laundry chute? Do you remember that? Yeah, that, I thought something right. happened to you. We were calling nine one one. So, so no, this pales. I, I forgot. I forgot. Like sometimes <laughs> I just I curse sometimes just with small curse words. So. That's okay. I apologize. I, I apologize to all the listeners out there. Sorry for for damaging you guys' eardrums today. George, to further be an agent of chaos here, and this is more just for me. It's not a question. It's a statement. But my yeah. goofy mind, when you had the backpacks for kids with all of your free throws, and this is this uh, reference won't do anything for you. It'll do people for my age, Eddie's age, and younger. Dora the Explorer was a show that was popular when I was a child, and there was a little backpack that had a high-pitched voice that would say, back, 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 back. Backpack. Yeah, exactly. I wanted that played GameBridge after every made free throw. (laughs) It never happened. I was not old enough to give that pitch to somebody, but I just wanted to share that for you. If we ever get you back in the league and the program like that is there, I want that a part of your free throw made. Want it over the PA. That would actually be pretty cool. Now we're on to Nickelodeon. I like it. Yep, we are. We're going on. All-Starry Night, hosted by NBA's own George Hill. This is going to be at Newfields. It is coming up this Saturday at 9 o'clock. George, you have put this together, I believe, with our friend Amparis, but take me through everything that is planned and how people can get involved to celebrate All-Star Weekend with George Hill. I mean, it was awesome. It was, uh, you know, you have to you have to really thank, you know, Newfields, Monica, one of my best friends, Jamie uh, Cummings, who kind of helped put this together, me and Amp. Um, trying to figure things out uh, from a talent standpoint and things like that. So um, really just wanted to give Indianapolis something different. You know, we know there's going to be a lot of parties out there that, you know, we don't we don't know what's going to go on and how it's going to be, but I want to, to get a party where I knew that uh, we're going to try to do the best we can to have a safe environment, something different that the city may not have seen. Um, good uh, vibes around the whole area with some uh, awesome people to be around. So um, it's more of like a dress dress to impress of it. Um, we're going to have a, a lot of different things you can do with your ticket price. You get free food and alcohol with that. Um, we have some great uh, people that's going to be there as far as the trap orchestra. Um, Brian Thompson, one of my little brothers from Indianapolis, is going to play the saxophone. Uh, we have a heck of a host named Common um, that's going to be hosting the party uh, with all the other people and celebrities that's coming. Um, you just have to be a part of it. I think it's going to be a great opportunity for everyone in Indy to be a part of it, to come and see something totally different. Um, we rented out the whole top floor of the loom. Um, so that's going to be awesome with the Van Gogh Starry Night uh, background in the, in the, in the background. So 
it's just something different. I, I think, you know, you have to come to see it. Um, it it's going to be an awesome, awesome night with an awesome event uh, with great people, and, and it's going to be something that you just don't want to miss out on. Discovernewfields.org is where you can get tickets. It's right there on their main page for George Hill's All-Starry Night. Again, Saturday at 9 o'clock, discovernewfields.org is the website. George, I assume that you, and I know what Greg Popovich meant to you, so I assume that you still keep tabs on the San Antonio Spurs as well. I wanted your thoughts now that we are halfway through it in the Webamyama experience and just what kind of player he is and can become for San Antonio. I think he's a next-generational player. Um, what he's doing already as a rookie – uh, what he's doing at his age and his his size is something that we haven't seen in a long, long time. And I think with time, with weight, uh, with experience and maturity, I think he's going to be a guy that we're looking at for a long time in this league, if staying healthy, um, that we're going to say, man, this guy's career has turned out to be one of the best that we've ever seen. George Hill, our guest. Finally, George, um, you know, I wanted to give you the opportunity here. I know that, you know, Broderbill High School, when they closed yes, it, sir. I know that you had talked. I've seen several times that you have, you know, reached out about your desires to do different things. You had ideas for Broderbill. I believe it is back being used again, but not full-time as a high school. Uh, what was your thought on that, and, and where do things stand with that, if at all still in motion? I mean, I, I actually really wanted to open it back up as a school. Um you know, IPS didn't didn't want, I don't know, to sell it or, well, they want to sell it, just not for the price that I was willing to buy it for to turn it into a charter school. So um, I, they looked at it more as like a money investment to them instead of like opening back to school for uh, keeping education on the forefront. Um, I mean, that's what we preach about, right? Everyone's education is so important, um, but it's, it's only important unless the dollars are getting made. That's what we come to find out um, when we when we kind of look at things like this. Uh, so um, it is what it is. Uh, it's always still a dream of mine to open up my own school one day. And, you know, I thought Barbara would have been a great opportunity for me to reopen that school um, and try something new that, that um, they haven't tried that there. Uh, but it didn't work out. And, you know, it, it's okay. I understand that. Um, they have their own agendas. I have my agenda, and I'm going to keep dreaming and keep praying that, you know, I get the opportunity to do that one day. Well, we would love to see you back at some point again with the Pacers. We shall see what happens with that or just back in the NBA in general, George. But uh, I'm happy for you. I'm happy to hear that, you know, obviously life is going well. And from the time that you were, I think, 15 years old from when I first met you to now, uh, you should be very proud of yourself and what you've accomplished, including – putting together the event on Saturday night, discovernewfields.org, where people can get tickets for that. It is always a pleasure, and certainly enjoy the ranch life, all right? Thank you. You guys You guys got to show up to the event. Uh, I'll get your emails uh, after we get off of here. You guys got to be, be a part of it and come, come out. Sounds good. Appreciate it. Uh, Saturday night at 9 o'clock, we'll see George Hill there at Newfields, discovernewfields.org is the website. George Hill, um, the hometown hero, as he was always introduced and aptly so, the pride of Broderpool High School and IEPY. As a matter of fact, George Hill, one of my favorite stories is he committed to IEPY when he was a sophomore at Broderpool. He went to basketball camp at IEPY for Ron Hunter. And just because he was kind of off the radar and didn't necessarily have the finances to go to some of the bigger camps, 
So he went to that basketball camp and Ron Hunter came up to him and said, you know, hey, would you want to come play here? And he said, yeah, I'll play at IUPUI. And he basically took that as a commitment, did George Hill. And then when he really started to blossom at Broderpool, and look, I know there are people that are like, well, he was a late bloomer. No, he was averaging 36 a game as a junior and was the leading scorer in the state as a senior at Broderpool. And then all of a sudden, some offers and some chatter started to come through, and he had a conversation with his grandfather and told his grandfather that there were other schools looking at him, and his grandfather said, but George, if anything, you should always be a person, if nothing else, it's a person of your word. So he called Ron Hunter and said, you know what? When I was a youngster, I told you that this is where I'd go, and I'm a person of my word. And he ended up playing at IEPUI and having a great career there and obviously impressive that he was able to list all of those school or all of the teams with which he's played.